listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the Diamond District Bonus Hour. Todd and Jason, you ever met them? Uh, this weekend, next week, following weekend, might not be a bad time. We're just saying they sell diamonds. And in 12 days, it's Valentine's Day. Groundhog's Day, way overrated. Oh, my goodness, ignore it. Valentine's Day, do not ignore it. I was given permission last night to ignore it. That's how much I won Christmas. Just for the record, I, by going to see Jason and Todd at the Diamond District, said on the show that I won Christmas. Right. Last and night, I sit there. She won Christmas. She did. That, right. We were that all winners, we, David. Okay. So, so what you're saying is the Diamond District is a win-win. Correct. Looked at right. me last night as we were watching Wisconsin and Nebraska. Ah, uh, very romantic the two of you. Ah. Uh, well, thank God it wasn't football. She looked into my eyes and said, "Honey, I want nothing for Valentine's Day, and I'm not joking. Nothing." No flowers. You want to get? She said, "You want to get me a card? Fine." She, you did good enough with Christmas. We don't need to spend any money on Valentine's Day. And you looked right at her and said, "You know, I have never loved you more." Now back to I the game. Right now, now back to the game already in progress. Hell of a run by Nebraska here, huh, honey? Think they're going to pull it off? They'll storm the court if they win. I sure will. And that was a deserving court storming last night. Yes, absolutely. I'm with Matt Painter, by the way. We got to keep the court storming. Okay, this is college. It's not pro. There are differences. But we just got to make sure that the players and coaches, that they're safe. That's all. That's all. Storm the court, not the opposing team. Storm the court. Meet in the middle. Jump up and down. You know. Slap the backs of your team, that one, not the opposing team. That's all. That's all. We got about 20 people we got to protect. That's all. We can do it. We don't need to stop handshake lines. We don't need to stop court stormings. Okay? Just, we know what to do. Let's do it. I loved the Northwestern coach after losing to Purdue as the handshake line's going on, and he is just berating the officials. Right. Because the the free throw disparity was grotesque. You mean 46 to 8 yeah. he had a problem with? And he's going nuts. Finishes, get the players pull him up, finally get him pulled away. And he goes over, shakes the coach's hands, dabs, dabs a couple of players, and <laughs> goes off while right. having the crowd go nuts. It was spectacular. Exactly. Slaps the shoulder Zach Eady and is like, you're a hell of a player, man. Congratulations. And then walks off the court and eggs on the crowd who's booing him. So a buddy of mine's nephew plays for Northwestern. And he's a big guy. Nickerson, Nicholson, something like that. Yep. And he's 6'10", 6'11". I think he's 6'11". And I had, to, had happened to text my buddy, and I'm like, your nephew looks like a dwarf. Next and, to Edie. Yeah. Edie is a man. That guy's big. I rode in an elevator with him one time. He had to duck. Inside the elevator. Had to duck. Not to get in. Inside of it. 
will not play in the NBA. Unbelievably slow. I, I don't, I honestly don't think, and I know, you know, that the, who was the kid from UCF, the taco, uh, taco fall was, yep. it? you know, and he was seven, six or whatever it was, you know, and I know Manute Bowl, and I, I know I, Mark. He, it, there's literally no one he can guard, and they don't allow you to just hang out in front of the rim like they do in college. I, I don't, I don't think he gets drafted, and he's going to be the, he's going to win back-to-back national players of the year. Do you know who's the last player to win consecutive national player of the year awards in men's college basketball? I think it's Walton. I mean, this is a short list he's going to be on. I don't think he's drafted. I uh, Someone will draft him in the second round. Whew. No I, guaranteed it, money in the second round. It's really interesting, though, because remember Luca Garza a couple years ago was fantastic, and even he had a little bit of the speed and the, the post moves and stuff to deal in the NBA, and he still went in late second was National Player of the Year, I believe. So it's just it's kind of weird. Mark, I'm with you. I, someone should take a flyer on him in a second, but I don't think anyone will because of the status quo. Wanted to get to this text. We've had people texting today about uh, their, their good Groundhog Day sports moments, but we did get this as we were talking about Baker Mayfield, and I wanted to get to it and, uh, and have both of us answer, but especially you, David. Um... The Kyle Trask people are coming in. I don't get it. Why does everyone look down on Trask? Never been given a chance. Had a stellar college career. Can't understand being second fiddle to Brady and Baker because of their resume. But were they really elite for that team? Both were flawed. One with declining skills due to age and the other never consistent. Give Trask an opportunity. Okay. Um, Listen, he was given an opportunity this training camp. And he was clearly beaten out. He's not good enough. It's really simple. Listen, if I'm trashed, by the way, I'm leaving. I mean, I think he's got one more year left on his rookie contract. I want out of Tampa. I mean, I'll feel the same way if I'm Kyle Trask as the texter. You know, obviously, they're not going to give me an opportunity here. I got to get out of here. You know, kind of like Mason Rudolph. I mean, if you're Mason Rudolph and... The Pittsburgh's already talking about bringing in a veteran quarterback to compete with Pickett, and you're like, well, what about me? I'm a veteran quarterback. I just won three games in a row to get us in the playoffs. You're not even considering me? I mean, if I'm Mason Rudolph, I got to get out. Even if I'm sitting on the bench somewhere else, I got to sit somewhere else. Clearly, they ain't going to give me a chance here. And if I'm Kyle Trask, I'm feeling the same way. Fairly or not, I think he's under contract for one more year. And Rudolph's a free agent. I believe so. Listen, if you're a team out there that needs a backup quarterback, you wouldn't you wouldn't call Mason Rudolph? I would. He just won three games right. to get you in the playoffs. That's I mean, all we're asking a quarterback to do is go two and two for the four games that he plays. If your backup can go two and two, you have a hell of a backup. I mean he's one pass he wants back in the playoff game against Buffalo. Interception in the end zone. Otherwise, he played okay. I just, really? No, I'm fine. Like, reportedly, because they hired Arthur Smith to be their offense coordinator, 
that uh, Arthur Smith's going to advocate to bring in Tannehill, who Arthur Smith was the offense coordinator of when Tannehill took over for Mariota. They went to the AFC title game, you know, and, and kind of rehabilitated Tannehill, played his best football with Arthur Smith. Of course, he handed the ball off to Derrick Henry 30 times a game, but... Yeah. They had a couple running what, backs you can do that in Pittsburgh with, too. Not Derrick exactly. Henry, but... Right. Split them up and, and go. And so... But if you're Mason Rudolph, you're like, well, hell, if you're bringing in Tannehill, I'm out of here. Just like when you brought in Trubisky. How'd that work out, by the way? And I get the point of bringing in Tannehill, whether it's to compete or just play behind Pickett, because it's someone that can help teach him the offense that he's going to have to learn. Yeah. I'm and obviously he- they think Arthur Smith goes, yeah, Tannehill's even at 35 or 6 is better than Mason Rudolph. Huh. If you're Mason Rudolph, you're like, really? But, I mean, listen, there's no one who covers the Bucks who's been advocating for Kyle Trask to be the quarterback. Kyle Trask had three days in training camp last year. Three days. And it's not exaggeration. I'm not being a jerk. He had three days. He had a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday in which they were splitting reps and guys for the first time were going, you know, Trask, Looks every bit as good as Baker. And in fact, Baker's thrown a couple picks and Trask has been mistake-free the last couple days. And then by Thursday, that talk was done. So there's your Kyle Trask answer. I did want to get to that. We appreciate all the text, and there's been a lot of them that have been fun today about the Groundhog's Day, but that was someone who had a serious question, and I wanted to get it out there. At least serious to him. Yeah. No. You know, Gator fan, I get it. I mean, hell, Kyle, Kyle Trask could be the answer to a trivia question for a while. Who's the last Florida quarterback to beat Georgia? I mean, unfortunately, it looks like for a little while. I hope it, for Gator fans, it ends quickly. I hope it's this five-star recruit you brought in. It better be. Yeah, I was going to say, because if he can't get Georgia at least once during his Florida career, oh boy. Quick, Very quick sidebar. All of you who want to get rid of Billy Napier, this five-star quarterback loves Napier, came to Florida because of Napier. Just be careful. And it's helping recruit others. Be careful. I mean, this day and age, college football, guys get up and leave on a whim. Never mind if the coach that recruited them that they really like gets fired. I'm just saying. Be careful. Better cement that relationship somehow, some way that involves someone other than Billy Napier if you're planning on moving on here in 10, 11 months. That's all I'm saying. And think about it. I mean, you're not going to. The kid that went to Alabama early enrolled, Nick retired. He left in an hour and a half. Right. And not even an hour and a half. He left in a minute and a half. I mean, he heard the news and couldn't get in the portal fast enough. Well, remember, they pay more money elsewhere. There was a saving discount. A discount walked out the door. Well, what am I doing chopping here? <laughs> so much for those signs on the when I'm driving by. It says 20% off. You can tear them down. Yeah, he'll have some work to do there. 
I mean, obviously you can't maintain that, but just to try to keep your job in three years. Hey, speaking of jobs, when we come back, I'm going to throw a question at the two of you. I'll answer it as well, but I'm going to throw a question at the two of you because we're done filling vacancies in the NFL. Yes. So I got a question that involves that, and I'm going to give you a little perspective from just a year ago to go with the question. Just saying, you might find it. Look at that. Not is it just the Diamond District bonus hour. Molten throwing heavyweight teases at the Diamond District bonus hour. That's what we do. Miller and Molten, thanks so much for listening. A question when we come back. Brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes after the hour. The Diamond District bonus hour. Thanks so much for being with us, Miller and Moulton. So, um, just we're just going to throw this out there for 13 seconds. There are actually LeBron James trade rumors out there now. Have to hand it to the association. They are in a little lull. Not a lot, you know, they're not getting talked about. It's Super Bowl week coming up here, and they need to get back on the front page. How do you best do it? Float some LeBron trade rumors out there. There are numerous NBA reporters that are saying, listen, no BS. The Lakers GM, Rob Palenka, in the last 24 or so hours has actually, you know, let a few people around the league know. So uh, if we made LeBron available, what would you give us? That that's out there. LeBron, of course, 24 or so hours ago sent out what an hourglass uh, tweet. Yes. You know, like time running out. Even Trent commented on it. You know, what does that mean? Time running out with the Lakers, time running out in the league, time running out on their season. What does it mean? Right. So just just so you know, that's out there. And Mark, how does that affect LeBron's legacy? More on first take coming up. But to this question that I teased, all right, and hopefully it can live up to the tease. Now, here's the historical perspective before the question. Last year, do you know how many NFL head coaching vacancies there were? Were there seven or six? There's only there five? Just five. Okay. All right. So think about the coaches that were hired at these five stops a year ago. The Colts, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and Sean Payton in Denver. And so if we ask the question a year ago at this time, ah, who made the best hire? You know, what team is going to have the most success in 2023? If we had asked that a year ago, we would have been mocked for even asking the questions. Like, you idiots, it's Sean Payton in Denver. Right. And how many of you would have voted for D'Amico Ryans in Houston? Zero. And if they tell you that, if they tell you they would have, they're lying. And, of course, the guy who got hired in Carolina didn't even make it through the year. So now, a year later, here we go. We've had eight. Damn, that's a lot. Yes, it is. 
So, you know, Harbaugh with the Chargers. Raheem Morris in Atlanta. Gerard Mayo with the Patriots. Pierce with the Raiders. Canales in Carolina. Dan Quinn in Washington. Brian Callahan, the former Bengals offensive coordinator in Tennessee. And the Ravens coordinator, Mike McDonald in Seattle. Now, I think you can ask two different questions. I think you can ask, you know, five years from now when we judge this, what's going to be the best hire? But then you can also just flat out ask right now, 20 bucks, our 20 bucks, those eight teams, which one's going to win the most games in 2024? Chargers, Falcons, Patriots, Raiders, Panthers, Commanders, Titans, Seahawks. Give me the Falcons. I think you're right. Raheem Morris, it's a culture fit. I think you're right, but I think the Chargers will be close. I could see that. But when you do that because of the division and everything that's going on, and because we all think Kirk Cousins is going to Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're kind of penciling that in. I will save. Who was it? Uh, Former Seahawk teammate of Russell Wilson's who – did a podcast with Trey Wingo a day or two ago and Wingo brought up uh, Russ and he said, yeah, I see him in Atlanta. And he kind of gave the impression like he's, you know, I mean, he's still friendly with Russ. They talk. And he gave the impression. Yeah. I I see Russ in Atlanta. Hmm. Interesting. If that's the case, then I will take the LA chargers. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot. You're not a Russ guy. Not at all. Never have been. But I, I think a s- best hire and who wins the most games is two different questions, right? Yes, it because, is because best hire, you know, that get, let's have a five-year or so body of work. Sure. Okay, but just next year. I mean, come on now. If we'd asked, you know, both questions a year ago at this time, Colts, Texans, Cardinals, Panthers, Broncos, how many people would have voted for the Texans to win the most games? Nobody. Especially with the Jags coming off the year they were coming off. I don't think anyone would have picked Houston. Rookie quarterback. You know, if by chance we knew the future and we had in parenthesis, one of these five teams would make the playoffs, who would it be? Would anybody have voted for a team other than Denver? No. So, you know, that's the beauty of this league. A lot can change in a year. By the way, quick sidebar, Mark. If I were to say to you, which quarterback would you rather have in Atlanta? Kirk Cousins, obviously. Justin Fields or Russell Wilson? Kirk Cousins. Ah, <laughs> uh, Trent, it's an old joke. He'll explain it to you in the break. Um, boy, Justin Fields. Wow. Okay. That, by the way, could be a poll question next week. That could be a poll now, question. Are you, are, you, are we factoring in the contract, or are we just saying... I'm telling you who I'd rather have as my quarterback going forward. Justin Fields. Well, right. here, you got to remember, if Russ ends up in Atlanta, it's because he's been cut. So, they, you know, whatever they signed him for, that's on them. And Russ is going to go where he can play. How many places are going to call Russ up and say, hey, you're our starting quarterback tomorrow if you sign? Seriously. How many places are going to call Russell Wilson up and say, listen, if you sign with us, you're a starter from day one? Maybe no Washington. No competition either. Where? Maybe Washington. 
Okay. Uh, that'd be interesting. Dan Quinn obviously goes all the way back to young Russ. You know, the dance two years in Seattle, they went to the Super Bowls both years with Russ and that defense. So, okay, fine. I'll give you that. That's a good – I can see that phone call. Short-term solution. Russ's starter, bring the kid from Carolina who's on the roster, make him the backup. Okay. Where else? I mean, Atlanta, we already mentioned Atlanta. Yeah. Where else? Um, it's a good question, David. I, I mean, unless Minnesota loses Cousins, right. maybe plan B in Minnesota. You know, okay. I, otherwise, no place in the NFC South, no place in the NFC West. What about New England? Uh, well, that would be interesting. I have to admit, I think the fan base would be like, really? Oh, the we're fan base would thir- hate it. We're, yeah. we're going with a 36-year-old quarterback who's not Tom Brady? But there aren't. That, no. I mean, there, it's not that there are every team has a franchise quarterback, but there aren't that many quarterback jobs available for starters. Right. I mean, Tennessee's not going to call them up and say, right. by the way, we're no, they're, they're wanted the kid they drafted in the second round last year. I, there's, you know, we just came up with three scenarios, we think. Atlanta, Washington, and Minnesota, the only three teams we think would say to Russ, hey, you sign here, you're our starter. I think you got to throw New England in that mix because they don't have a starting quarterback. All right, so we got four. But, all right, back to the question at hand. So, which team wins the most games next year? Chargers, Falcons, Patriots, Raiders, Panthers, Commanders, Titans, Seahawks. Remember, Seahawks won nine games. Chargers. I got the Falcons. Where are you going, David? Well, I'm going Atlanta. I... First off, I actually, you know, I would hire Belichick, but I like the Raheem Morris hire. I think he's going to do a solid job. I like their roster. They're going to get a quarterback. Usually one double-digit loss team that makes the playoffs the following year. Chargers lost 12 games. Falcons lost 10. Miller and Moulton. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Today was the day when and what's on tap. It's how we finish things off and get you ready for the weekend right here on Miller and Moulton. Welcome to the bonus hour brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 22 minutes until we're out of here. It's actually until the top of the hour, 16 until we're out of here. Miller and Moulton, Diamond District Bonus Hour. Thanks so much for being with us. It'll be the first full week of February next week. It'll be Super Bowl week. I don't know how we're going to do with guests, though. Everybody's out in Vegas. Time change and all. Not good for us. No. No, it's tough for the morning show on the East Coast when the Super Bowl is on the West Coast. There is no doubt. I'll get John Perry on, though. We'll talk about refereeing at the Super Bowl. There you go. We'll get John on. Might be news to John if he's driving around Southwest Florida right now listening. You're coming on the show next week, buddy. There's a few other ex-NFL coaches and players that are that make the two three nine their home. We may have to may have That's to get true. sneaky next week. Yeah, have to call some people up. Say, hey, 
left you alone. We need you. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was The Day When. I don't have a lot today. We start in 1653, however. Trent, New Amsterdam becomes a city. What city is that now? I couldn't even tell you. It's New York City, Trent. New, New Amsterdam was the name of New York City before. Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. I learned something new every day. Couple things today. We started we started with you learning this morning before the show, and we're not finished, Trent. Class is in session. The National League forms today in 1876. Boston, Chicago, Cincinnati, Hartford, Louisville, New York, Philadelphia, and St. Louis were the original National League cities. 1892. The bottle cap was invented. We still use the same bottle caps today. Well, when you get it right. Right? 1949, Ben Hogan's horrific auto accident. 1973, the Midnight Special debuts on NBC. Is that Don Kirshner or no? That's Wolfman Jack, isn't it? Midnight Special. Yeah, you're right. Barbara Streisand's first number one was today in 74, The Way We Were. Scotty Bowman becomes the first NHL coach to 1,000 wins today in 1997. Super Bowl 48 was in 2014. Seattle pounded Denver. That was the game in uh, Jersey. It was. Who was the MVP, David? Ooh. Was uh, oh man, it was a Seahawks linebacker. You're right, but not the uh, uh, I forget. Malcolm Smith. There we go. Your MVP. And today in 2020 was Super Bowl 54, Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20, at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Patrick Mahomes, your MVP. Niners with a 10-point fourth quarter lead. Kyle Shanahan has lost three. Conference championship games or Super Bowls with 10 or more point leads in the fourth quarter. Uh, Sammy Watkins, probably greatest day in the NFL that day. Had the big catch against Richard Sherman. Got him down inside the 10 on the go-ahead score. George Hallis, Howard Johnson, the hotel Howard Johnson. Tommy Smothers and Farrah Fawcett all born today. Christy Brinkley is 70. And she's looking for love, and I'm not being flippant. She gave an interview recently in which she said, I'm open uh, to love, but I got to admit, it's Slim Pickens out here. Which, of course, I think had a whole bunch of people all across the world that were like, uh, can I can I raise my hand and get the game? No. And Shakira's 47. That's all I got, David. What'd I miss? Uh, well, first Groundhog Day was today in 1887, for what it's worth. Uh, today's a, a big uh, dive. How do we know? We couldn't that. interview the Groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we know it was the first Groundhog Day. We just don't know if the Groundhog's, you know, forecast, if the rodent meteorologist gets it right or not. <laughs> Uh, in, to this day in 79, Sid Vicious died of a 
overdose. And on this day, 10 years ago, Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away. Ironically, both dying of the same overdose. Uh I think in the same city. I believe you're right. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? Go to Maryland for the good. Where a Maryland man said he had a lousy day. And he went to the Royal Farms, first off, in Frederick, Maryland, on English Muffin Way. David, somehow I have got to send you to Frederick, Maryland, so you can spend some time on English Muffin Way. That's your road. I'd buy a house I'd never leave. (laughs) But he went to the Royal Farms on English Muffin Way to cheer himself up after a bad day working for the post office. Bought himself a Powerball ticket. Won himself $100,000. So if you're having a lousy day, I suggest the Powerball for you today. For the bad, we go to Lehigh Acres. What could have been a tragic ugly. Guy blows a tire on the road, hits a pedestrian bridge that causes a pole to impale through the windshield of his car. He walked away with basically ripped with a ripped jacket. The only thing that happened to him, blew the tire, hit the bridge, the pole goes through the windshield, and fortunately, he walked away from the crash. Finally, the ugly. We go to Fort Myers. Where Rocco Bendetto is now in custody. You see, he ripped off a three and a half foot Snoop Dogg bobblehead from Cantina Laredo earlier this week. When the story went viral, he decided to return the bobblehead to the restaurant. The restaurant didn't find it as funny. They're pressing charges against the 50-year-old. Branding the suspect, the dog napper. The dog napper. The Snoop Dogg three-and-a-half-foot bobblehead's worth like $1,250. Says a lot about us, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Yep. Again, I don't know if there's a person in music who's more marketable than Snoop Dogg. Not even Taylor Swift. I, stop it. I, stop. Some people just, don't. Just some stop. people get annoyed with Taylor Swift. Some who, people, right. Who gets annoyed with Snoop Dogg? Nobody. Everyone loves Snoop Dogg. Think about it. He's number one, baby. (laughs) That's the good, the bad, and the ugly. On today, Groundhog's Day, 2024. It is not a a good sports day today. It just isn't. I mean, first of all, tomorrow's the day in college basketball. If you're not going to watch much college basketball until the tournament, Watch it tomorrow, though. A terrific day. Noon, uh, UConn and St. John's at Madison Square Garden. Four o'clock, Houston at Kansas. You got Duke, Carolina. You got Kentucky, Tennessee at night. I I mean, it's it's really good tomorrow. 
really, really good tomorrow. And um, I believe even on Sunday, you've got Purdue and Wisconsin playing one another. So, And that's an early game. So good well, college hoop this weekend. Yes, and there were a bunch of upsets this week of people getting caught the game before their big game. Like you mentioned, Purdue-Wisconsin. Wisconsin got caught in the second half against Nebraska yesterday. Carolina lost at um, Georgia Tech in the middle of the week. Tennessee lost at home to South Carolina. That's three top six teams who lost this week. Kentucky lost to Florida. Right. That's a top ten team losing at home. I mean, two of these top ten teams who lost, lost at home. And ironically, they play each other, Tennessee and Kentucky. Tonight, we do have 7 o'clock FS1, Ohio State, Iowa. And uh, 9 o'clock, Butler, Creighton. Creighton's ranked. So that's your FS1 college hoops doubleheader tonight. Um, What's going on with the NBA tonight? Unless I'm reading incorrectly, is there like no national television tonight for the NBA? I'm not seeing any ESPN Double dip on Friday. Isn't Friday an ESPN doubleheader day? Anyway, Heat in Washington tonight, Orlando in Minnesota tonight. I mean, if the Spurs game's not on ESPN, what game are they going to put on, David? I know. They're hosting uh, Zion in New Orleans, for goodness sakes. So, but not a great NBA night, too. There's not, you know... Not a bunch of great games either. Yeah, NHL, it's skills competition. Weekend. Skills competitions on ESPN tonight. Ah, that's why. Got it. Uh, this just in, by the way, the Wednesday night NBA games on ABC are not doing well. Like 1.4 million people watched Wednesday night on ABC. Holy it cow. Is, yes. It is difficult to like get viewership that low on network television. I mean, it, it, the NBA on Wednesday night on ABC is not working right now. Now, they're still going to get their huge TV deal, and these networks are falling all over themselves because live sports programming is the only thing people are watching. But they're not watching Wednesday night NBA on ABC, I'll tell you that. I will say, and you brought up all the college hoop this weekend, if you are so inclined to watch college hoop tonight, we've talked a little Dayton. They're a pretty good team. They play the Bonnies tonight at home on ESPN2. If you want to watch a team that's, you know, a 3-4 seed type team, maybe 5 seed in Dayton, someone to take a look at tonight. Let me ask you guys the question you asked Reeves yesterday. Which game Saturday are you most pumped up for? Houston, Kansas. Houston, Kansas? Yeah. Okay. I can get behind that. David, I'm sure it's a no-brainer for you. It's Duke, North Carolina. Well, it is because, much like what Jay Williams said, Duke, Carolina, they're going to go up and down the floor. Kansas-Houston is going to be a rock fight. I don't like watching Houston. I respect Kelvin Sampson. He's done an amazing job the whole deal. It's tough to watch the Houston Cougars play. And I just – because it's a chance for Kansas to not win the Big 12. That's – I mean, and they win it every year. I'm pretty pumped up for Tennessee, Kentucky. Both those teams suffering a bad loss this week, looking to get back on track. That'll they be score. A good one. That's a rivalry game. And they score. Yeah. I think Kentucky will beat them. It's at Rupp. But great hoops all weekend. Take it in, everybody. Take it in. Uh, big game tomorrow night for the FGCU men, by the way. 
They've won two in a row. They've spanked two opponents in a row. They've been very inconsistent. So I hesitate to say that maybe they found themselves. But they're at North Alabama tomorrow. That's a winnable game. And if they win it, they go from the bottom third of the conference to the top third of the conference in 48 hours. They're in a five-way tie for fourth right now in the A-Sun. They put a couple more wins together. They'll be like T3 in the conference. And all of a sudden, they'll be in the standings where they were predicted to be. So, big game tomorrow night for the FGCU men at North Alabama. After coming off a great win in their last game against Central Arkansas, they just slaughtered them right from the word go. Right. And then they whacked their last home game. They won by 20-plus. So they got it going on in the last week. They got it going on. Remember, they had that great week when they beat FAU and they went four in a row, and then they had a tailspin for two, three weeks. Well, now they got a good week going. All right. Same thing for the Gators after the big win at Kentucky. Go beat A&M tomorrow. That's a team you should beat. But don't slip up on the road and, and start putting a little momentum together. Everything's still right in front of the Gators. They can put themselves firmly on the right side of that bubble. Absolutely. Here. By the way, tomorrow night, FGCU, uh, Mr. 600 wins, Carl Semesco. They won 11 in a row. They're in first. They won't lose again until the tournament. And I don't mean the A-Sun tournament. There's a, there's a decent chance of that, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what they do, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not unfortunately. Unfortunately, they don't get the support that they deserve for all the success that they have. If that's the case, by the way, if they sweep the A-Sun, that's eight more regular season games, three more tournament games, they'd enter the NCAA tournament with a 22-game winning streak. They'd enter with 29 wins. Remember, it's them in UConn who have won 25 or more games 13 years in a row. Have a great weekend. Maybe spend a little time with family. 